Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to a brand new episode and a brand new chapter in the Bible. We are in Mark chapter number 15 today and got two chapters remaining here in our study of the book of of Mark. Got a really interesting postcard today from my friend Tom Thompson. I've known Tom, or I should say he's known me my whole life. Uh, We grew up in East Heartland, Connecticut. So my fellow East Heartlandites, that's a picture of Balance Rock which is a famous place in East Heartland. And what a great town growing up in in Northwestern Connecticut. Everybody knows everybody. Half the town is Norwegian. And so, Tom, thank you for your kind words and thank you for listening and for just being an encouragement to me. means a lot. We are in, uh, as I said, Mark chapter 15. And I want you to see verse number one as we enter the formal trial of the Lord. So, All night long, Jesus has been awake. All night long, Jesus has dealt with betrayal. He's dealt with abandonment. He's dealt with a false arrest. He's dealt with false witnesses. He's dealt with mockery and cruelty. And now as the morning sun rises and it is official that an indictment can be passed down because you couldn't indict somebody in the middle of the night. You had to wait until daybreak. And watch what happens now as Jesus is formally indicted, taken from the Jewish authorities to the Roman authorities. Remember, they had the right to exercise capital punishment. And all of that's about to unfold. So Mark chapter 15, verse number one, and straightway in the morning, the chief priests held a cons- excuse me a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council that would be the Sanhedrin council and bound Jesus carried him away and delivered him to Pilate so who is Pilate well Pontius Pilate as you know was the Roman governor the Roman procurator his uh, palace where he would typically stay would be along the the sea, the the Caesarea, beautiful. I've been there many times, just an incredible spot that Herod had constructed not many years before this. But uh, Pilate, of course, was in Jerusalem because this was the time of the feast. And this would be the time when passions would run high. It would be a time when Roman guards were working overtime because everything's kind of tense. And any unrest, especially as it deals with a messianic fervor in Judaism is going to come to the attention of Rome because they're just trying to keep things status quo. They don't want there to be any kind of insurrection. They don't want there to be any kind of political upheaval because all of that would bode uh, not well for Pilate back home. He reports back to Rome, and if things go bad here, badly here, then he could be deposed, he could be fired, or worse. So, a pilot is going to take very seriously anything that the, the Jewish leaders are hyped up about. And what they've done now is they've taken Jesus, 
uh, to Pilate, and they're saying, hey, listen, we have found him guilty. Uh, This man is an imposter. He's an insurrectionist, and he needs to be dealt with. What are you going to do about him? And it really puts Pilate in a tough spot because he doesn't have to act upon what the Jewish leaders say. He has the ultimate authority. On the other hand, he really has to play this balancing act because I've got to keep them happy, uh, but I've also got to retain my autonomy and authority. So what will Pilate do? Now we know, but watch how Mark describes it here in Mark chapter 15 and verse 2. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Now, interesting, that's what he was accused of being, that he is he is claiming to be, of course, in the Jewish mind, the Jewish leader's mind, falsely claiming to be the king of the Jews. Now, why would they say it that way? They would say it that way because they know that that's what is really going to get the attention of Pilate. Because to say king, king of the Jews, well, that's who... Caesar is. So in a sense, what the Jewish leaders are doing is they're being very savvy because they're playing a political game saying, see, he's an insurrectionist. He's going to try to take over government. He is, and Pilate is very careful to ask him about that particular indictment. So he says to him in verse two, art thou the king of the Jews? Is that what you're claiming to be? And watch Jesus answered, verse number two, and he answering said unto him, thou sayest it. So a very similar response to what Jesus said when the high priest asked him, you know, are you the Messiah? I am, thou sayest. So thou sayest is a way of saying, you said it. I'm not saying it, you're saying it, and I I agree. So in, 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 in essence, he is agreeing, yes, I am. Now, to Pilate, that would seem insurrectionist. To the Jewish leaders, that would seem blasphemous. But the fact is, it is the truth. So Jesus, who is the truth, is speaking the truth, just nobody wants to believe him. Look at verse number three. And the chief priests accused him of many things. So it wasn't just that they were saying he claims to be the king of the Jews, but they had a litany of accusations against Jesus. Uh, They were trying to pile on right now. They were trying to bury him, to put it in that vernacular. The Bible says the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Now, that is so unusual because the many things that Jesus was accused of all of them were false. They, they have a litany, a, 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 a list, a laundry list of things about the Lord that they're accusing him of. And of course, they're liars and they're cheaters and they're willing to, to violate their own conscience. They were willing to suborn false witnesses. And what would be your response? Uh, my response would be, well, I want you to know that's not true. Now, that's not true. How dare you say that about me? I can, I can prove that I'm right there. There's something about all of us that when we're falsely accused and it's easy to demonstrate that, we're at least going to deny it. That's not true. I did not do that. And yet the Bible says 
that Jesus answered nothing. While the toughest thing to do when falsely accused is to be silent. The toughest thing to do when being misunderstood is to be silent because our our pride, our our, our own self-value wants to justify self, doesn't it? The Bible says that when he was threatened, he answered not again. That's 1 Peter chapter number 2. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. That was Jesus. And it's one thing to preach that message. It's one thing to agree with that principle. It's quite another thing when your life is on the line, when you are being accused of capital offenses, and yet Jesus does not defend himself. Wow, what a great example of meekness. Why? Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. Look at verse number four. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? So he was incredulous at this. Are you really not going to say anything? Are you not going to reply to these incredibly damaging accusations that a multiplicity of people are making. And these are people that aren't just street people. These are people in high places of authority. Are you going to say nothing about this? And and watch the uh, response here in verse number four. Uh, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. So, The rationale that Pilate offered was, are you going to say nothing to any of this? I mean, there are, there's a ton of information here. There are many, many accusations here. Are you not going to say anything about any one of them? And watch verse number five, but Jesus yet, that means this, he continued his present posture that Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. And typically when you read about marvel, somebody marvels about something or is amazed about something, usually we're amazed in life about what people do. But that was an amazing dunk. That was an amazing touchdown. That was an amazing project. That was an amazing speech. That was an amazing whatever, piece of art a musical piece. We're amazed at what people do. But but is it interesting here that Pilate marvels at what Jesus does not do? He just remains silent. He answers not again. As a lamb dumb before the shearers, so Jesus answers not a word. All in fulfillment of a testimony to Old Testament prophecy, the Son of God. Wow, amazing, amazing character that the Son of God displays here in Mark chapter 15. I'm going to stop there. Verse number five, we'll come back uh, to this uh, trial in uh, Pilate's uh, Judgment Hall uh, next episode. So I hope you'll join us for that, verse number six. Until then, have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.